0: Welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week, we are recapping all of the action from week five of the 2024 NCAA season. It feels like the tide is turning a little bit. We've got Cal. They remain number two nationally and has kind of given Oklahoma a run for their money. Kentucky beat Alabama at Bama for the first time ever in program history. Michigan State beat Michigan for the second consecutive year in the regular season and is now the top ranked Big Ten team. So we discuss all of that and more. So stick around. Okay, so week five is complete and we're super excited to jump into all the action from this week. But first we want to start by giving a little disclaimer. Ashley has been sick the past several days and may or may not sound like she's plugging her nose when she speaks. Not even that. At this point, I think my voice just sounds weird like it sounds I do raspy. Feel like you feel like better today than you I have. do. I this is definitely the best that I felt in the last I don't even know how many days. So feeling a tiny bit better but definitely still sick. So But we wanted to put out an episode for you guys because we did not have one last week and a lot happened. So just wanted to acknowledge that in case Ashley seems like low energy and or sounds sick to you it's because she is. It's because I am both. <laughs> And she's doing better today, though. So, fingers crossed, she's on the mend. So, we'll start with the first meet that we watched on Friday night, and that was Florida at Georgia and a meet that was closer (laughs) than i think most people predicted i'm not gonna lie i definitely was rooting for a georgia upset here i thought that would have been really exciting we love a good upset didn't end up happening but like you said i think closer than probably anybody would have anticipated yeah so both florida and georgia came away with season highs at this meet florida on top with a 197.425 to georgia's 1973 so only a tenth and a quarter difference there and it was close throughout. It wasn't one of those meets where, like, you know, one team was leading by several tenths, and then it came down to the last event, and then someone tanked, and you know what I mean? Right. Like, it was pretty came close. Came from behind. Like, they actually kept it close throughout, which I think speaks to the potential of Georgia. They're a team that, honestly... They're always a ride, but I feel like this season in particular, we had a lot of high, well, I don't want to say high expectations, but we had a lot of high hopes for them, I guess. Well, higher of expectations. They have an amazing freshman class, and within the first week or two of season, so many people on their team, their leadership with Haley Dion and Vanessa Denise, and then Naya Howard, some of the freshmen have been out, so it kind of got a little bit sketchy there for a second, but I feel like slowly but surely, we're seeing more faces coming back into the lineup. And they seem to be, overall, a little bit more confident this season, which is, like, a massive improvement for anybody who's followed Georgia Gymnastics the past, like, 10 years. (laughs) I will say that the vibes definitely feel... A little bit different, but, like, different in a good way this year as opposed to the last couple of years. And we don't want to speak too soon because we do recognize that, like, there is a lot of season that has to happen So Oh, for sure. (laughs) Like, I'm not sitting here trying to say that Georgia's going to win the SEC championships or even it is even going to make it into the evening session. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, it's been a rough ride for Georgia the last couple of years. We all know that. And, and we're acknowledging the little baby steps that we've seen. I think despite the injuries they've had and despite losing, you know, their leader, Haley Dion, and uh, so many people to injury, I think they still look pretty good despite all of that. Yeah, we're seeing several 10 start value options for them on vault. Granted, they haven't quite figured out the landings yet, but... Definitely helping to increase their scoring potential on that event. Bars has been a phenomenal event for them this season. Yeah, they went 49-5 at this meet against Florida. And then Beam. I've been impressed with Beam. I mean, I remember for so many years, it felt like every time I watched Georgia on Beam, it was like fall after fall after fall after fall. And now they're, they're doing a much better job of actually staying on the Beam. In fact, they're one of the few teams this season... That hasn't had a fall, not just on beam, but like in general, they are one of the few remaining teams that has not had a fall, which is like, well, I should say has not counted a fall to be yeah. clear. Most teams have had falls. I would say almost every team, but Oklahoma and Cal, maybe no Cal has, I think either way. I'm saying like they haven't counted a fall, Yeah, um, impressive. very impressive. And then floor is kind of, you know. Average, I would say, not like super great, but not horrible either. It's just kind of like Georgia floor, Um, which is good news for them. Yeah, and I think something that's going to be key for Georgia throughout the remainder of the season is getting Nia Howard back. So we still don't know what her injury was. We just knew that she was in a knee brace, and we were all kind of just like speculating on what we thought it was, but no one really knew for sure. Well, it was a knee brace, and then also the crutches. Yeah, so we were thinking season ending injury or something, and she's been posting videos of her on Instagram, but I never knew if it was like an old video or if it was recent. Because she's one of those athletes that posts a lot. Like yeah. Even leading up to season. Like she's one of those people that every single day has a video of herself doing something on her story. So you do not, you know, always know if it's current or past. Or... Yeah, but she was back on bars and she nailed it. And then I think the day of the competition, she had posted a video as well on her Instagram story of her on beam. So, you know, I think that having her back, even just on those two events, is going to be a big boost for Georgia. And they also had Holly Snyder back on the lineup on bars and she got a 9-9. Yeah, so she was in the lineup last week as well, but second meet out 9-9. Things are looking up. Yes. <laughs> what did you think about Florida? Yeah, so Florida, I think they had a good meet. It wasn't great, but it wasn't like horrible either. Like I mentioned right off the top, a season high for them as well. So, a lot of highlights, and then also some areas where they're still going to be looking to improve as they go forward. Brittany and I were talking as we were watching the meet that Florida's energy seemed a little bit low at this competition. Yeah, because I don't know if I feel that way like in general about them. Like no. I've, I've watched every meet of theirs. I think maybe besides the first meet, and I don't. I think I felt that way before, but something about this meet like it did seem very like low energy. But we were joking <laughs> that Georgia has like, despite like their legacy and and the big fan base that they have, they kind of have like a low energy crowd. <laughs> For sure. Like, everybody looks like they would rather be everywhere else but there. And so you do kind of wonder, like, what impact that could have. I'm not saying that that is anything, but... It was just funny. It's just, like, a funny thought, I guess. Like... It just felt like everyone was asleep. It's like Georgia, like, sucking the life out of everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I also think with Florida, you have to consider the fact that they've lost a lot of leadership on their team with Trinity Thomas and Kayla Duccello, Um, not only big scoring potential, but leadership wise, energy wise, um, what those two athletes were able to bring to that team. So that's not easy to replace score wise. And again, like I said, just in terms of leadership, they have some gaps that they've had to fill and are relying a lot on freshmen and some new faces in their lineups, people having to step up. And it doesn't help too when you know, people that you would consider to be more of like the veterans of your team do have mistakes. People like Leanne Juan, who's normally very consistent, can bring in nine, nine plus scores on every single event. Yeah, she you know, fell on beam here. Yeah, she fell on her beam mount, which was no dismount. Was this not the week where she split the beam on the mount? No, she did it on. Was it her mount? Yeah, she split the beam on her mount. No, you might be right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like I'm pretty sure it was the mouth <laughs> that scared the crap out of me because you just you didn't expect her to do that. <laughs> and, honestly, so much has happened since Friday. It's hard to remember every little detail, but either way, she did fall. So there's that. And then Sloan Blakely had an off me, lots of mistakes, like flying for it on landings, or... and she has the potential to go big. And so, like you said, I think when you're already losing a lot, and then the people that you normally would be counting on to go nine nine plus make a mistake it makes it that much more challenging. So I think Florida's still finding their groove. I think they still need a couple weeks to kind of iron out some of these details. We're about, I think, two weeks away from the midpoint of the season, roughly. So I'm not worried about them yet. I think that they still have a lot of potential. I think someone like Anya Pilgrim has been doing amazing for them. And some of the freshmen, like Dani Ferris, she has not hit her full potential like at mm-hmm. all. She's not even close. <laughs> like There is still a lot of room for her to make it a big impact. Yeah, I think coming into the season... She, in particular, was somebody that you expected to come in and have such a huge impact on the lineups, on several lineups right away. But she's also somebody that hasn't competed in a long time because she was injured her senior year of level 10, and then she had that weird little, like, wrist injury right before season. So just little things that I think right now are kind of impacting them that they hope probably will be sorted out by, you know, middle to postseason at the latest, Mm -hmm. ideally. So yeah, like I said, I think that there's still a lot of room for this Florida team to grow, but, but I still see them in the mix. But something to note, though, is that their score has continued to improve it each has. and every week. Yeah. So they're not going out there and posting you know, the biggest scores in the nation. They're not getting nine eights or even high nine sevens at this point in time. But like you said, every single week, they've gotten a little bit better, and that's reflected in their score. So um, they're cooking. Moving on to Oregon State at Utah. Utah came out on top with a 19775. Oregon State with a 1961. This was our first time watching Oregon State this season. Honestly, I don't really have too much to say, like good or bad. It was kind of just like they were just there for me. Well, and also Um, it was hard because we were watching like 20,000 meets at the same time. We were. (laughs) Like, I got to be completely honest with you, I feel like I didn't actually really watch a single oregon state routine you're like i have no memory of this meeting. not really i remember like bits and pieces of utah but that's about it yeah so i mean they started out pretty strong on bars and vault um floor they had a count of fall so that was not good for them also we all know that at this point in time jade Carry is only doing bars and beam for them so vault and floor they're missing like that big wow factor at the end of those lineups that can bring in a, a ten. Right, they're missing their ten. At the, right. at the end of every lineup. Which is not helpful. So there's that. And then Beam was just alright. Like I feel like it wasn't good nor bad. It was just kind of like they existed on Beam. They existed. <laughs> so a one nine six one for them. Um and then Utah, I feel like this one nine seven seven five was a bit generous in my opinion. Like they got a forty nine five two five on Vault but When I was watching it, I kind of felt like their vault landings were a little bit all over the place. Like they had, I think it was Winger and then Ashley Glenn, who like over-rotated their vault, had too much power and had a big step forward. Zerbies like under-rotated it and had a step. And then Jaden got a 9975 for a vault that had like a tiny little like micro-hop forward. She held, she was like trying to hold the stick and she couldn't. It was weird because she technically like did stick it. But she didn't hold it and then she took a small hop forward. It was like she was fighting for her life to try and stick, like hold the stick, yeah. but she couldn't because she had a little bit too much momentum. So she ended up taking a hop forward. Right. So, like, not a bad vault by any means, but not a 9975. Like, if you were looking at the vault and then you know, a millisecond later, look down, you would probably see the fact that she hopped. Or it's one of those things where you could do, like, a quick little edit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, like, cut it out and pretend like it never happened. Like, Utah could post that on their social media and just clip the ending and it would look like she stuck it. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I feel like when you watch that vault rotation without knowing what any of the scores were... You would not watch that and think that was a 49.5 plus fall rotation. Yeah, but it was <laughs> for them. So Barge was a weaker rotation for them. They put up a 49.15. They had Alani Sabado who went up and scored a 9.775. Um, that counted because Zerby's foul. She's been a little bit inconsistent on Barge. Yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head what her scores have been, but I know that she's had three falls and then she's had like a 9.825 ish type score. Um, so she has not really had the scores that I think they were expecting her and to it's have. a shame because she has such a beautiful technique that if she hits a routine she's definitely capable of going over nine nine right but just hasn't quite done that yet and I would imagine that if she's still in the lineup they're seeing something in the gym that is worthy of still being in that lineup that you know what I they mean they're like, just looking at the potential maybe yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. If they make any changes to her routine, if she stays in, um, because so far she's been missing the mark for them on that event. And then Miley kind of had an uncharacteristic mistake as well. Um, I didn't quite see what happened. Like I, I saw her routine, but it was one of those things where I like looked away for a split second, and then I saw her hop forward on her dismount, and then her score came in at a nine six seven five, and I was like what happened and i haven't gone back and watched the routine again but people on x were saying that she messed up a pirouette so there was some error in her routine that i didn't catch and like i said she went nine six seven five so they had to count that as well as the nine seven seven five from alani sabado so just not what we typically see from them on that event And then beam, they went 49.525, which again, similar to Vol, I felt that was a bit generous. It wasn't a bad beam rotation, but they haven't been as perfect as they were last year and even the year prior. Um, There were several routines that had just like little tiny checks, little things, you know, movements of feet on the dismount that would go like 99.25 when it was really like a 9.85 or like maybe a 99, like maybe... (laughs) Um, So there were several routines that were like that, that I felt like allowed them to go over 49.5, when it really didn't feel like a 49.5 plus rotation. Yeah. And then floor was solid, 49.5. I would say, I think floor was probably the highlight, at least for me, in my opinion, floor was definitely the highlight for Utah. Although Jaden Rucker, she's been struggling on floor. Yeah, for the second week in a row, she's fallen, so... And then last week, she had a mistake on a Obviously, this week, she went 9975. So she's been a little bit off so far at the start of her fifth year. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes we see that, honestly. Some of these fifth-year athletes, like, they have, like, their bright moments. But a lot of them, I find, actually struggle a bit. Yeah. Um, to kind of, like, get their footing again. So it's it's been interesting to see That is even, like, from last year, I'm thinking, too, that is kind of a common theme, I feel like, with fifth years. It is. You know, you go your whole career performing to a certain level, and then they get to that fifth year, and you kind of, like, see just a little bit how physically or mentally even tired they can be. Um, And that's not anything, like, specific to Jaden. I kind of just feel like this is a general observation that I've had with a lot of fifth years throughout the last three years. Um, that like they aren't always like as 100% strong as they were throughout like the rest of their career. And then I also think with Utah, like they had everything that happened in the offseason and having like a last minute coaching change and a lot of eyes on them. I'm sure that adds an element of pressure and requires like some level of (laughs) mental toughness to be able to kind of like block everything out and like focus on the team and like do what they need to do and and really, what they're capable of doing. So, I feel like they're really going to need some of their leaders to like really step it up if this team actually wants to, you know, be competitive for the Pac-12 title and be competitive in postseason competition. Because there's a lot of teams that are looking really, really good right now, particularly Cal, who is in the same conference as them. So, yeah. and Utah, I think the past several seasons have been used to like I don't want to say dominating, but like. UCLA has been off the, co- the last couple of seasons, so I think Utah has gotten away with just being, like, the best team, honestly, regardless of how their performance was. I mean, they still had a hit, but, like, they could not be perfect, and they were still going to be the best team in the Pac-12. But now with Cal really stepping it up and being the second-ranked team in the nation and, and really, like, holding to that. Yeah, see so they're holding strong in second. They are going to put pressure on Utah on top of everything else, so... Speaking of Cal, they competed with Oklahoma at Arizona State over the weekend, and it was a good meet. We only saw bits and pieces of it because of the stream. It was one of those streams where they would be starting to watch an Oklahoma Florida team, and then they'd dart over to vault because Arizona State was going, and they were showing all of the Arizona State routines. So we missed a lot. So yeah. it's kind of hard to like really get the full picture of how everybody looked, but I mean, based off the scores, which we all know doesn't always mean... The right thing, but Oklahoma was on top with a 198375, Cal with a 19795, so holding their own for sure, and then Arizona State with a 19725. So I mentioned Cal kind of holding their own in this meet. They were actually leading at the halfway point by two tenths. But then Oklahoma said, hell no, <laughs> and went 49, 825 on bars, which tied their program record on that event, as well as the NCAA bars record. Oklahoma has a tendency to, if they are a little bit off in the meet, realize that they're a little bit off in the meet and then be like, hell no. And they kick it into high gear. Mm. They are always like my number one go-to example for like, this is how you're supposed to compete. Because like you said, I think they can be even just slightly off at times. And whatever events they have remaining, they they go into like hell mode and they put themselves back on top. So it's remarkable the way that they have been able to do that throughout the years. I also want to shout out Jordan Bowers on bars the first ten for Oklahoma this season, which is actually wild with the number of tens we've seen and the fact that Oklahoma hasn't gotten any of them. The fact They've that been, the, like, Ma- the scoring fa- the highest. The is fact like- that the MAC conference. The fact that Ball State has more tens than Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> like. It's been a wild season <laughs> so far. But anyways, yeah. So, like, shout out to them for that. And then I want to mention Vault. So, they went 49 this week, but also last week as well, which is interesting because, well, 49 forty nine two five for most teams would be, like, a solid day. I mean, maybe a little bit low for some teams, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, 49 is, like, okay. Like, yeah, I think, good. It de- I think it depends on the team, but... 49 <laughs> is not bad. It's, like, you just did okay. It was like you existed. You existed and that's always a great thing <laughs> but for Oklahoma it's like catastrophe. Like for Oklahoma a 49-2 or a 49 feels like a mid-48. Like everyone asks what happened to Oklahoma but it's like you wouldn't be asking that if like most teams got that score. You know what I mean? Yeah it feels like a disaster. <laughs> but it's not. Um, I think they've had some issues And again, I haven't fully seen every single vault from the past two weeks just because Oklahoma is so difficult to watch. But from what I've gathered, from what people who have watched the meets have said and the few clips that I've seen, seems like they've just been having some like under-rotated vaults like Hannah Shibley. I don't know. Is it Shibley or Shibley? I think it's shy. I thought it was shybly but now I'm hearing different. But So anyways, until we get that right, we're going to continue saying shybly She was like a stick machine the first couple of weeks, and then the last two weeks she's been really short and had her chest down and scored like a 9-6 or like a 9-7 something both weeks. Jordan Bowers under-rotated this week, took a step back. Um, so just things like that that we haven't really seen. I think their full potential yet on that event, but still, I feel like Miles better than anyone else in general. Well, and it's the fact they can go one and eight three seven five with that. Forty nine two two five or whatever. Yeah, I was trying to find. out, like, where did it go? The forty nine two five unball. The fact that they're going one with that score just shows you how good they are. So, mm-hmm. again, kind of the same thing we say every week about Oklahoma, but they're continuing to kill it. Um, really separating themselves from the rest of the pack even more so than they maybe already have. And then Cal, unfortunately, like I said, don't have much to say about them this week just because I didn't really see much of them. But a one nine seven nine five, an amazing score. Um, And the fact that they led Oklahoma after two events should give them a massive boost of confidence if they aren't already extremely confident because they're looking amazing this season. They should be very, very happy with how they're performing this season. And hopefully that's the confidence boost that they need to not only make it to NCAA championships and, you know, make it to the Final Four, but actually have a really strong possibility of contending for the title. Yeah, I think that they have really solidified themselves as the second best team behind Oklahoma. And then I think from there, there's, there's more of a significant drop off. You know what I mean? Like, it's Oklahoma, and there's a little bit of a gap between Oklahoma and Cal. And then I think even from Cal to every other team, there's still a little bit of a drop off. Which is definitely not what I expected coming into the season. Like, I didn't have that. I knew Cal was going to be good this season, but I didn't have them being solidified as the second team on my bingo card. Like, consistently, the number two team. It's yeah. not just like one one or two weeks, and they're still up there like we're talking through five weeks they are strongly in second and only looking better and more confident as the weeks go on so very very excited to watch them this season continue to push those boundaries and really push oklahoma and put pressure on them because i think that's what oklahoma needs it like, gets boring when the same team is always like destroying everybody mm-hmm. um we love potential upsets and you know teams kind of like pushing that envelope a little bit The LSU judges are in the doghouse after this one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good meet for LSU, and I actually feel really bad because I think that got overshadowed by some of the overscoring we yeah, saw. Yeah, like it was a good meet on its own without the excessive overscoring. And I feel like we didn't talk about, and I say we as like the Jim Trinidad as a collective, like we weren't talking about how good LSU actually looked and how many improvements they made from the previous week where they lost to Mizzou. Instead, we were all just talking about, like, how ridiculously overscored it was. And I think that even with the overscoring, like, they still looked really, really good. I probably would have had them at, like, a high 197 type score. Obviously, I would need to rescore that. But just, you know, doing the mental math in my head, which is what I usually do when I watch gymnastics, I I score it in my head and then I see how accurate it is with the real judges. I found that most routines I would have a half-tenth and in some cases a tenth lower. Yeah. Than what they actually scored, so I think that would have put them somewhere in like the high one nine seven. That range. one would be a, a fun one to go back and rescore, honestly. Yeah, maybe we'll do it. I'm not going to sign up for anything though because we've been <laughs> busy. But so LSU came out on top with a program record one nine eight four seven five, which also is the highest score of the entire season out of any team in the entire country. To Arkansas's 196.2, which is actually a good score considering that they opened up counting a fall on bars. Um, and they really rallied, I feel like, after that. That's one of the biggest things I've noticed about Arkansas this season is in years past, I feel like when they made a mistake, they would kind of start to like spiral a little bit. And I feel like they've done a better job at like stopping the bleeding mm-hmm. this year. Um, this is the first time this season they've had a count of fall, unfortunately. So, I mentioned with Georgia, you know, there's very few teams that have not counted a fall this season, and Arkansas was one of them until unfortunately now. So, they are no longer in that club, but I still think they'll be happy with that 1962. Um, and, like I said, I think how they rallied despite that. Some of the highlights for them, I think Lauren Williams, 9925 on Floor, she's always a highlight. Frankie Price, I believe, got a 99. I don't have it written down, but I believe I remember seeing the 99. Mm -hmm. Um, She's also usually a highlight for them. Um, Priscilla Park on Beam got a 9975. And she did that while the crowd was going wild for Haley Bryant on Floor getting a 10. Which is not an easy thing to do, especially with a crowd as big as LSU's is. And she's a freshman, and she is second to last in the Beam lineup, and... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think that that's a difficult place to be in. Yeah. And she was so composed. Yeah. say a great composure for sure. Which is great for Arkansas's future. They've had amazing recruiting and to see some of their freshmen doing as well as they are um, is a really good sign for them for the future. Arkansas has been in the top 10 so far through week five. Unfortunately, now, because they have this low 196 score, they're going to drop out of the top 10, at least until NQS kicks in. Um, so that score is going to stick with them for a couple weeks. Um, but that, it, honestly, I kind of didn't really envision them being in the top 10, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, definitely a good team that has a lot of potential and is continuing to just get better and better like every single year. But – I think when every team is hitting at their best and the rankings really start to take shape with NQS, I didn't really see Arkansas... I said Arkansas weird. I didn't really see Arkansas being in the top 10 anyways. And I think that's because... Despite how well they've been doing and how solid some of their scores have been, I feel like they are kind of more at their peak already. Like, I feel like they're doing pretty much what they're capable of doing, of course, obviously, minus a little, you know, a couple things here and there. Like, I'm sure they can get more stuck landings and, you know, whatnot. But I feel like they have been closer to their peak already. And a lot of these other teams, in fact, I would say most of these teams are not near their peak. So that's, I think, where it'll be interesting is Arkansas has to maintain that level that they're scoring at. Um, whereas a lot of these other teams have a lot of room to build and gain several times. So I think that will be interesting um, to see where they fall in the end because yeah, top 10 for them through five weeks has been amazing, but we kind of knew it was going to be a challenge for them to actually maintain that. Yeah. For LSU, I feel like, like we said, they looked great at this meet, despite the judges feeling like they had to help them out <laughs> like abundantly. <laughs> No, I think from Missouri the week prior, they really did a 180. Like, I was not mad at all with the performance that we saw from them. And they started out with a really long delay. I think it took an hour for the first rotation to even conclude, which is like, you're usually done with two events by that point in time. Yeah, ridiculous. After KJ vaulted, there was an issue with something with the vault table. Honestly, I'm still not really sure what the issue was. But it took a while for them to to fix it. And then Arkansas had a scoring discrepancy on bars, which also held things up. So in total, it was, like I said, close to an hour that it took for that first rotation to actually conclude. So a lot of standing around. And LSU didn't really seem phased by that. Bars was solid. They didn't quite get as many landings as I'm sure they wanted, but Mm -hmm. not bad. Beam, I think, is what I was most impressed with. Sierra Ballard has been a phenomenal leadoff for them. I've been really impressed with her this season on floor, but beam as well. Yeah, she's so solid, buddy. That honestly, with all the depth that LSU has, I definitely did not see her consistently making, in that beam lineup. Making two lineups and scoring like well in those two spots. Like, yeah, she's been pretty consistent. So, and that was one of maybe the best beam routines I've seen her do. She looked great. Yeah. And then Connor McLean is also somebody that I've been really impressed with. I think that every week we see her confidence grow. And she looks like she's settling into college gymnastics a little bit more. She's having a little bit more fun. She's, like, owning her gymnastics a little bit. Still not 100% perfect, which is funny given how many, like, 9975s and, and 10s she's gotten. Um, she got a 10 on beam last week. Obviously, we didn't record, so we didn't mention that. But this week, she got a 9975 on beam and floor, which we'll talk about that in a second. But um, really capable of big things when she hits, as we're seeing, because her execution... And technique is just so flawless. Like, her handstands on bars. Uh, there are no deductions on that. Yeah, like, they're... she has the most perfect handstands. Exactly what it should look like. And so then it's just a matter of, you know, how close is she catching her release? Does she stick the dismount? Um, things that she is very capable of doing at a high level, clearly. <laughs> So she is just going to be an absolute force for them in the years to come. And I think I wasn't expecting much from her this season because of, you know, all the injuries that she's had and, you know, kind of taking a step back from Ali. And we just didn't know what to expect from Connor. But I've been pleasantly surprised at not only how much she's contributing, but how well she's doing. Yeah, she's exceeded expectations in my opinion. So we mentioned the scoring at this meet being high. Um, A couple scores that I wanted to point out that I think particularly felt egregious. Haley Bryant on vol, she got a 9975 with a very obvious lean back. Um, You know, there's that deduction now for lack of control. If you don't hold your salute position, your finished position for one full second, um, the judges should be taking a half-tenth deduction for that. And some schools were seeing the deductions taken and a lot of the schools were not, mm-hmm. LSU being one of them, like the biggest culprit, I think, of it so far this season. Um, Haley Bryant is amazing on ball, but like that was not a 10. You know, 995, I would have been okay with. Um, Connor on an even bar, as you mentioned, like the perfect technique in the handstands. The biggest deductions come from, you know, where she's catching the release moves. She was a little bit close on the church and the pack at this meet. Um, also, had to step back on the dismount. Which, again, it also does not hold that finish position for one second. So there really is several places in this routine that you can take a deduction. But she ended up with a 9925. Yeah. For a routine that I probably would have gone, like, well, it depends on how strict you want to be. But, like, 985 probably yeah, that's at the was, highest. that's what I was thinking, 985. Like, 9825, 985, somewhere in there. On beam, I felt like Connor's 9975 was not accurate, given that she had a wobble on her full turn. Otherwise, a great routine, but... Again, not a nine nine seven five because that would mean that one judge said it was perfect, and she had an obvious wobble. Aaliyah Finn again with a nine nine, she had, you could say a tenth, maybe a tenth and a half wobble on beam alone. So they're saying that the routine was virtually flawless, not virtually flawless. They're saying it was flawless, and they only took a tenth for that wobble. I probably would have had like a tenth and a half on that. Yeah, depending on how harsh she want to be, you could probably even go two tenths. Like she fully lifted her leg up and like leaned to the side. So, I thought 99 was generous on that. And then also, unfortunately, poor Connor and Aaliyah, I also had them on floor as the most overscored routines. Connor got another 9975. Um, I think she lacked a little bit of control on her last pass, otherwise a good routine. Again, I'm not saying these are like bad routines. I'm just saying that the judges are going 9975 when there are deductions. <laughs> and then Aaliyah, she got a 9925 with a first pass that was over rotated and she disguised it Wow. well so the way you can tell with her the arabian double front to the stag jump is that the jump should really if you're landing perfectly go straight up in the air as opposed to going out and she went flying outward which tells you that she has too much momentum going forward meaning she over rotated it and if she didn't do that leap it would have been an uncontrolled step. It would have been a flying forward. It would have been a clear deduction. The leap and then the dance out of it sometimes kind of helps disguise those landings, which is smart. That's smart construction. The issue was that one of the judges went 10 for that routine, and then the other went 985. So that's how they got to the 9925. And the 985 was probably more accurate. <laughs> yeah, or like 99, I would go, maybe. But like, yeah, a 10 from one judge again. Like, the judges were very 10 happy here, and it was... And you know, it's bad too when the commentators point it out as well because Kylie Dixon, Abood, I feel like she, I mean, she's an LSU alum, so I don't expect her to be like overly harsh or anything, but she will not often point out deductions. Like, she didn't point out Connor catching clothes on the pack or the church. Like, normally with the little deductions, the full turn for Connor and Beam, she didn't point out. She did point out Aliyah's first pass as a deduction so then for one judge to go 10 it's like <laughs> yeah okay well at least she saw it this time like well i was gonna say i was a little bit annoyed i, I think i'm annoyed with commentators in general this season well not just this season it's, it's been last season and the season before that probably as well but commentators not calling out deductions is very frustrating um especially when it's a commentator that's like on a national broadcast a broadcast that you know, a lot of people are watching. Like, Connor's beam is a great example. I think I remember her saying after that routine in particular that she didn't see where the deduction was. But there was an obvious wobble. And so I'm like, how are you saying that you don't know where the deduction you was? You could tell. Like, your be- job is to call that out. I believe, wasn't the camera kind of zoomed in, but you could still it see it? It was zoomed in, but you could tell. You could you could see in her shoulders that she wobbled. But you could also tell by your face. Like, I yeah. saw it in real time watching it. So I, and I'm looking at the same thing they're looking at. So, I mean, yeah, it's just little things like that. I think what's frustrating about that is that it gives, not gymnastics fans, because gymnastics fans know, but it gives people who only follow one team the wrong impression because then that sets the expectation that that's what a perfect routine looks like when that's not a perfect routine. You know what I mean? The the judges aren't – or the the commentators aren't calling it out, but the judges also aren't calling it out because they're not taking the deduction. And then you'll have people that are, like, you know, upset with, like, a 9975 – when it wasn't actually a 9975 and they're like, why was it not a perfect ten? And it's like, did you not see the wobble? Did you not see the lean back? You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, sets a false um, idea of what's actually like an excellent routine. What's a good routine. um, What's an okay routine. I think a lot of outside fans. And when I say outside fans, again, I'm talking about people that are like more so fans of like a particular team and not, they don't actually watch gymnastics week in and week out. They'll think that a nine, eight is like a horrible score. When it's like a nine eight is usually just a routine that was good and there was you know deductions taken for things mm-hmm. like flexed feet, bent knees, catch closes, ca- close catches, <laughs> catch closes. <laughs> that is the kind of routine that goes nine eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's not a bad routine. It's just welcome to it's judging. It's, it's it's good and there was deductions that were taken and that's fair. Um, but then you have teams that are you know having mistakes that are going like nine nine seven five or Or nine nine five or ten and that's just you guys know anyways that's just my side rant from this lsu me but i want to give credit where credit's due because like i said i think lsu actually looked really really good here um this should be a huge boost for their confidence going forward they seem to finally be hitting their stride and everyone's staying healthy for the most part so knock on wood (laughs) um lsu is looking really good Moving on to, I think maybe what was one of the best slash most exciting meets of this entire weekend was Kentucky at Bama. Kentucky got their first win over Bama in program history, and they did that at Bama with a one nine seven six. Bama got a one nine six nine seven five. Hey guys, it's Brittany here in editing. I actually meant to say that it's the first time that Kentucky beat Bama at home, not like that they beat them in general for the first time. So I just wanted to clarify that. And we knew coming in that this was going to be likely a close meet. It was actually tied after the first rotation, but I think really after that – Kentucky really started to separate themselves they were just lights out and I think Bama gave away quite a bit I think my summation of Bama overall this entire season is very like they're 50-50 they usually have three people in their lineups that are like 9-9 plus and it's great and then they usually have three people in the lineups that are falling wobbling taking steps you know there's a lot of deductions that they're giving up yeah in the other three routines and that's consistent through every event for them. I will say that I think Alabama is underperforming a little bit so far this season. Like I had them, you know, in my head as a team that was not only in contention to make final four but to potentially, you know, strive for the national title. Like they have the talent on their team for sure. But I just feel like it's not quite yet, at least at this point in the season. We're only week five here, but oh my God, there's still so much of season that has to happen. I feel like we're just not seeing it materialize quite yet. Yeah, I think some of the freshmen maybe we expected a little bit more from. Um, There's freshmen that we're not seeing on certain events. The freshmen that we are seeing on the events that we're seeing them aren't quite what they're capable of. Chloe LaCourcier has been amazing on bars. She was a little bit uncharacteristic this week um but in general this season she's been strong on bars her vault she hasn't been able to find the landing which is strange because i feel like in level 10 she actually was fairly consistent at that and this preseason we saw so many videos of her sticking cold beautiful one and a halves so that hasn't materialized yet jameson is only doing the fall which is beautiful it's a great fall she went nine nine um her floor has been uncharacteristic so yeah, it's been interesting. I think they still have potential. There's still time for them to figure it out. Um, kind of similar vibes to how I feel about Florida, where it's like they're gonna need some time to like build this team up. Um, and not only get the confidence, but just get like the experience in their lineups from some of these new faces. But it wasn't their best me, and then I think Kentucky on the other hand, Kentucky is exceeding expectations in my opinion. Yeah, Kentucky is. I think at this point in time, and again, knock on wood, because I know there's a lot that has to happen this season, but. Kentucky at this point in time is solidifying themselves as top two. I would say you can maybe even argue number one at any given point but like for sure top two in the SEC this season they're ranked third in the nation well so they were going into this week but now after week five they're ranked fifth okay but like that's significantly better than what they've done in years past Reyna Worley is finally getting the tens that she deserves yeah I think that now that they've finally done it like the judges have given her a 10 they're like now (laughs) they feel comfortable they broke open that door and they're like okay we can do this now which is so messed up because it shouldn't be that way but that is totally how it is times it's like a matter of perception you know what I mean yeah like I think your ranking impacts how you're scored and then the second also if judges are willing to go 10 before it opens up the door for everyone to know that a 10 is possible the second you have that label on you is the kind of gymnast that's capable of getting a 10 the judges will throw you a 10 yes but it's sometimes depending I feel like judges are a little bit hesitant with a gymnast that hasn't gotten a 10 before yes. which it's dumb it should not be that way at all but it totally <laughs> is they had to like break through that barrier. Yeah, but they finally did in her fifth year for Raina Worley. So she's back-to-back tens, which is amazing on floor. And then Mackenzie Wilson also got a 10 last week on Vault. So shout out to her. So that's three tens for Kentucky this which, season. By the way, those are the first tens for Kentucky since former guest on the show, Jenny Hansen, who competed in the early 90s. So it's been a long time since we've seen a 10 at Kentucky. <laughs> a very long time. Like, not even in our lifetimes has Kentucky scored a 10. So. Yeah. Period. <laughs> Amazing. And the freshman, Kreslin Bros. I know we've mentioned her before on the show, but she has been a consistency queen on floor. I don't think she's gone below 9-9 all season. No, she hasn't. And I think there was questions. I mean, we knew that she was good coming in, but, like, there was definitely question if she was going to be in that floor lineup because Kentucky is great on floor and they have so many options. Yeah. So, to see her, like we had her, we had her, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know. I think we may have had her in our lineup. If not, we were like, she was like the first person out on the fence with her. Like, we knew she potentially could, but like, I didn't expect her to be the consistent nine, nine plus girl. Yeah, and she's second to last in this lineup right before Raina Worley. So she's the one setting Raina Worley up to go get these 10s. And she's been bringing in some big scores herself. She also stepped into the beam lineup. Yeah. Um. So I've been really impressed with her. Delaney Rodriguez has been the consistent leadoff for them all season long, just super unfazed in everything she does. Kaden Scormley, unfortunately, tore her ACL, and she will be out for the remainder of the season. So that's disappointing because she was – Beautiful for them, and I, I really thought she could have done big things for them. On oh, she was beam. she was only gonna make Kentucky that much better. Yeah, but the fact that they lost her and they're still like slaying, oh my god, like amazing for them. Yeah, very good. And then I would say maybe the second best me of the weekend, or maybe the best me, honestly, depending on who you ask, <laughs> the second best or the best me of the weekend, Michigan versus Michigan State. MSU going 198. Actually, let me get the exact score up. Of course, this is a big rivalry meet for This meet was huge. Not only just like two teams in the state of Michigan, but in the Big Ten Conference. Like this is a huge matchup. So MSU got a a 5 to Michigan's 197 625. So it was a really exciting meet, and I'm going to start by reading off everything that MSU achieved at this meet because they did not come to mess around this season. We warned you guys, did we not? Yeah, I'm, I'm defensive about Michigan State because I feel like so many people, like they started rough, they had like a rough meet or two at the beginning of the season, and everyone was like, you know, kind of like doubting them and questioning their ability to be a top team. And they came today on arguably one of the biggest days of the season for them and in an environment where Michigan had almost a sellout crowd and all this alumni. And it was a pressure situation. The Big Ten regular season, you could say, could very well have been determined by this meet, depending on what happens. Um, Huge, huge opportunity for them. And they capitalized to the fullest extent. Yeah, they rose to the occasion and were simply undeniable at this meet. Sage Kellerman got a 10 on vault, the second 10 of her career. When she sticks that vault, I mean, it, it has to go 10. It's so good. This was also MSU's highest road score in program history. Their first win in Ann Arbor since 1990. And then, you know, of course they got that W. So a good, good day for Mike Rowe and the Spartans. I know they are thrilled with this performance and what a boost for their confidence. There were so many points in this meet where they could have given something away. Well, they had a fall on bars in the first rotation, the second person up. Yeah. And they rallied behind that. Vol, we mentioned Sage Kellerman. You can usually count on her for a stick. And then Nikki Smith is kind of like 50-50. Like, sometimes she sticks it, and then sometimes she doesn't. So, like, you never know with that. So, I think they could have given away more on Vol, but they didn't. They absolutely rose to the occasion on that event. And I think that's really what started to distance them from Michigan floor was great and then beam absolutely lights out in that final rotation yeah like hardly a wobble honestly this is one of the few teams this season that actually has scored a real 198 plus score oh my god totally this was one of the most like well-rounded meets of the entire season for msu (laughs) michigan has areas they can improve but like for msu like that was honestly almost as good as they can do it i think they still would want some more stuck landings on vault. Um, but really Beam, Bars, I think they could be a little bit better too, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But Beam and Floor was pretty much on par with like what they are capable of doing and and Bars was not much far behind. So, um, Beam, they got a 49.6, Floor was a 49.5, Vault was a 49.575, and then Bars was a 49.375. So I don't have anything else to say other than incredible day for them. I saw your text messages coming up while we were recording. You should read uh, your text message with (laughs) micro. I said, congrats, y'all ate today. And he said, it's still not full. <laughs> With a green heart, white heart, um, a muscle, like a flexing emoji, and then a dog. <laughs> they are dogs. So we're happy for them. And excited for the rest of the season because it's going to be a battle. Because I also think Ohio State has really stepped it up this season. So, like, this is going to get really, really interesting. Yeah, Big Ten's is going to be good. And it's at Michigan State. Ooh. It's going to be good. It's Ready gonna for be good. it. And then Michigan. Michigan, I think, had a good day. Definitely not their best. On Beam in particular, which is really a shame because I felt like the last two weeks, they were really, really great on Beam. I think they really gave it away on Beam. um, But also perhaps a little bit on Vault as well with, you know, large steps forward on the landings. Didn't really get any sticks. Raina was close. But yeah, the issue with Michigan, I think, on Vault is they have people in their lineup who can stick. I mean, they have four people in their lineup that were a part of that monstrous 997510 fest from two years ago. So, you know, Reina, Naomi, Gabby, Sierra, they've all stuck vaults this season. But the problem is they're not doing it in the same meet. <laughs> You'll usually have like one of them stick a vault, every meet and that's it. And then everybody else is like hopping or stepping. Um, and so that's something that, you know, as we're nearing the halfway point of season, I think they're really going to want to start focusing on in the gym um, because they are, I think they're, they're, they have a high scoring potential on that event, but they are definitely giving away tents um, that they can't afford to do when they're going against a team like MSU or any of these other top teams when it comes down to big tens, regionals, nationals, um, so that's an area they're going to be looking to improve. I think Bars has been a weak event for them this season. I have to say I was really happy with what they did on Bars. We saw a lot more attention to detail, I feel like. There was more stuck landings. There was more hit handstands. Mm-hmm. They seem to be getting like just a little bit better on that event every single week. It's not going to be, I think, without Farah and Kaylin, and this is not going to be like a 49.5-plus bar rotation. It's just not going to be. Um, but if they can keep it around like the 49, three range, they actually went 49, four this weekend, which was a season high for them on that event. If they can keep it somewhere in that range, I think they'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just getting those vault landings and then it's just hopefully getting people back into those lineups like Kalen and Farah, because I think they have higher scoring potential. So I'm very eager to see them in the lineups. Paige Thaxton, I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast. She's in a boot. Um, so K- I, Kaylin is now also in a boot. Yeah, so we're hoping that that's not anything, like major. Usually, boots if they're like standing and walking, usually is not anything serious. It's just like a a couple week type thing. Yeah, we'll try to get an update on Kaylin, but yeah, um, we will update you guys as soon as we know more on that. But at the very least, Kaylin on bars. Um, I think she's crucial for this Michigan team. Also, have to mention this massive forty nine seven five for Michigan on floor. They rallied. Um, At that point, I think they were competing like they had nothing to lose because they didn't have anything to lose. like, going into the last rotation, Michigan needed Michigan State to basically counterfall or have, like, really wobbly routines. They basically needed to gain a tenth on every single routine. And so going in we all knew that like was it possible yeah was it likely no (laughs) um these were some of the best floor routines i've seen michigan do yes naomi morrison and jenna mulligan in particular we watch obviously every meet of theirs and i i truly think those were two of the best routines that i've ever seen them do in their careers um gabby wilson got another 10 gabby wilson got a 10 yeah it was a great great rotation um everybody had controlled landings um it was great. I had no complaints with it. So it was an exciting meet. So again, we want to say shout out to MSU. We love them. We're happy for them and i um, looking forward to big tens because I think we've been watching a lot of Ohio state, a lot of Michigan, a lot of Michigan state, Minnesota has been looking really good too. I really think that on that given day, it could be anyone's meet. It's going to be a battle. Like all four of those teams are going to have to show up and be on their A game to win and we haven't had that in the Big 10 conference for a while i feel like i mean last yeah. year i think a little bit with msu but it was still kind of expected that michigan was going it was, was building win. a little bit but this year it feels like it really is anyone's game yes and then the final meet that we kind of watched this weekend was arizona at ucla and i say kind of watched because it kind of conflicted with michigan michigan state We'd
1: so we really be- only
0: watched the last rotation yeah and like the last like two beam routines i think um UCLA went 198075 to Arizona's 196525. UCLA really seems to be finding their groove finally. And I felt like this meet from what I saw and then also from what I've heard because I asked on X what people thought. Like, is this meat real? Like, is this, you know, have they earned these scores? And people said, yeah. Actually, in some cases, they felt like it was a little bit low. Like, some were high, some were low, but for the most part, it washed out and it, it actually kind of ended up being like a accurately scored meat. So we love to see that. They went 49.375 on vault, 49.425 on bars, 49.525 on beam, which is amazing for them, and then a 49.75 on floor. I did think some of their floor scores because that was what we looked really watched and paid attention to some of them were like a little bit high like selena going 9975 mm-hmm. um yeah she like under rotated her second pass and she always disguises it well but like again it kind of the whole round we just but like i saw but i saw that like, right it's what we literally just said with lsu like there is a deduction like you can see it i so. want to shout out kaylin rosen though i know she struggled a little bit on floor just to like hit every single pass, mm-hmm. and she finally did it. She finally put it all together, and it's one of my favorite routines of the season, choreography-wise, so great to see her in the lineup and hitting and getting a good score. And her vault has been looking better as well. I think she she got a 9-9 last week. She didn't quite stick yet, but it was like almost a stick, and then this week she had a small hop as well, so she really seems to be finding those landings, which UCLA needs on vault. You know, they don't have the full lineup of 10 start value, so the ones they do have they really need to hit. Naya Reid also had the best vault that I've seen her do in a very long time. Like for sure this season, but even during her time at Florida, she wasn't always known for sticking her vault. And the biggest issue that I've had with her vault is that she doesn't get a lot of height. Like she gets a lot of distance, but her vault doesn't really go up at all. It just goes out. Um, and then you have whatever deductions you usually take on her landing. So it hasn't quite been the score I think that they were like hoping it would be. But this weekend, it was spot on. And UCLA now has climbed in the rankings and sits in eighth. So the Bruins are climbing. So wrapping up, we're going to finish with our question of the week. We had somebody ask how you can watch the LSU docuseries, which in case you missed it, the climb is back for season two. And we loved season one. And it was amazing. Yes, it was absolutely incredible. And you can watch that on LSU Gold. I forget exactly how much it is. Unfortunately, it is one of those things you had to pay to watch it. But if I remember correctly from last year, they make you basically sign up for a year and it's like almost $100. Yeah. But the good thing is they're actually airing episodes on TV. So it's a little bit delayed. It's going to be quicker. If you want to watch it, like right when it comes out, you have to have LSU gold. But otherwise, if you're okay with waiting a little bit, you can catch the episodes like a week or so later. Yeah. So they're airing on ESPNU. I believe this is every other Thursday for the most part. Um. So episode one and two have already aired, but episode three will be airing on Thursday, February 15th. Um. And then from there... Um, I'll post the schedule in the show notes down below so you guys can look at this, but pretty much every other week on Thursdays, I, well, I guess the time varies, um, later in the day. Yeah. But some of these are two o'clock central, so three o'clock Eastern. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends. So just look at the schedule. Like I said, we'll have it in the show notes down below or just Google like the climb ESPNU schedule and you'll find it that way. Yeah. LSU posted it on their website. So but it's a way to watch it for free. So, I mean, you can't beat that. If you guys want to submit a question for a question of the week, we always have a link to our anonymous submission form in the show notes down below. It's also always in our um, link tree, which is in the bio of all of our social media pages. We haven't done a question of the week in a couple weeks. <laughs> We've been having some longer episodes. We've just been like, you know what? Like we're not doing the question of the week. We're going to ax it, but we're back and we're doing the question of the week again. So Please submit some new, exciting, fun questions for us to talk about and things you want us you know, to elaborate more on. Any questions you can think of, we will start putting those back in at the end of the, every episode. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you all enjoyed it. And as always, we want to say thank you to our lovely Patreon supporters for your continued support and helping to make the show possible. We should have an episode out next week. That is the plan, at least. So... We look forward to chatting with you all then. Bye. Bye.